This may not be what the creators intended, but like, it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that Selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no, never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm Quirky, and I'm trying very hard. And my name's Evan. I'm a a vacant hospital with questionable uh, zoning requirements, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast, 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 where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering Netflix's Crashing, mm-hmm. uh, Fuck Dave Chappelle, and uh, we're going to talk about it. But before we get into that, I have a bit for us. What is the bit? What, what is, is what bit? is that bit? Feed me the bit on a spoon. Okay, this is based off of an extremely erotic dream I had. Whoa, Ooh. okay. If... You lived in a post-apocalyptic rebuilt society where currency was now dictated by pizza topping. And when you turned 18, you had to pick your pizza topping that you like used as currency. What? And you can only trade it with other people's pizza toppings. What would what? you pick as your topping? See, this, do- this does sound like something that would come from a dream. Of just yeah. Like, yeah, I was just, I was in the apocalypse and I had to pick my pizza topping and it was real stressful. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. It, when it you is, turn is... eighteen, you have to pick a pizza topping, and that is the pizza topping with which you trade. Yes, it's not just what's available in the environment, but you must become a specialist in a specific yes. pizza topping. Also, society has been rebuilt. We have recovered from the apocalypse, so it is not an apocalyptic society. And the pizza topping economy is the preferred method that we that we yes. rebuilt with. Yes. Okay. What so if your money expires and gets moldy. Well, like you are now a pineapple monger, though, and you've joined Clan Pineapple and you can use your pineapple. You can get more pineapples from the clan elders to then like go and trade and, and shit. It just if I may, it just sounds like maybe we are uh, bartering meat, fruits and veg- vegetables. <laughs> As no, to, no, Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie, you're a misunderstanding my vision. Okay. What? So, like, you could join, like, a really popular clan, like Pepperoni. Sure. And you can be a Roni Meister, but then, right. like, you're, you won't be able to trade with the other Ronies because they right. all, they already have Roni, but, like, everyone kind of wants Roni. Or you could go, like, really specialist, like, Anchovy, and you can be a Chovy brother. But then, like, who the fuck wants to trade with you? Like, yeah, sure, there's no one else in the Chovy Brotherhood. But, like, you're going to be stuck with all them Chovies. I don't, I don't think this the Chovy like clan a, a has, has, like, the pros and cons thing that you think it does. Yeah, but this, uh, this sounds like a, I would a parody be... of the Hunger Games. 
Like I, one of those one of those scary movie parodies of the Hunger Games. To each generation, it is a Papa John is born, and you can you can you can grow all of the pizza toppings if you are the Papa John. If you're the Papa John, but there's um, only one, and 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 the whoever becomes the Papa John has to settle all disputes between right. the nations. I want to take and, about three and a half steps back. You said this was an erotic dream. Yeah, it was yeah. very that's sexual. A, that's the one part. It was very sexual. <laughs> Is this like a Santa Claus situation where the old the old Papa John dies and you become the new Papa John? Except mm-hmm. in this world, it's when the old Papa John says a racial slur. Uh, it's like an Avatar situation where all of gotcha. the other past Papa Johns now live inside of you, and like there's that one Papa John that everyone's like, "Look, don't go on a vision quest to talk to that one. He's a real racist bastard." Sure. Yeah. But Shaquille O'Neal is the is yeah, currently the Papa I guess John. Shaquille He's, O'Neal is, has absorbed the Papa John. Uh, I've never heard avatar. anything bad about Shaq. So I mean, other than the fact that he was in Steel. Yeah, I think I would I be mushrooms. Mushrooms? Yeah. Bold choice. I have I, questions. Yeah. You can't. Can you use the pizza topping for other things? Or can that's it only the question. Like, like that's topping. what I'm saying. I just have mushrooms. You can you can eat mushrooms not on pizza. The Ninja Turtles are president. No one asked, but that's just part of the lore. But were the Andy, Ninja Turtles you... the erotic part? <laughs> you know how I feel about Raphael. I know how um, you feel about Raphael. You're a big uh, Casey Jones fan. I know that much. And I am. I love Casey Jones. Um, shit, can you use the pizza toppings for other things? No, Evan, you can't get out of this. It's a pizza <laughs> world. You have to accept the pizza world. Canonically, Evan doesn't like pizza, though. What does Evan he do likes in this apocalypse? Things. Yeah, I mean, I would pizza just pizza shaped pick... things. Evan likes food in the shape of pizza that is not truly pizza. Yeah, like I like Ronnie. I don't know if I've explained this to you before. I like like a barbecue chicken pizza. You sure. know, that's not actually a pizza. It's just barbecue chicken and cheese on a on a weird thick on bread. a flat bread. You know. I'm gonna pick um, artichoke. Mm. Ooh, good choice. Yeah, it's niche, but it's uh, it's not controversial. I'll tra- I'll know. trade some mushrooms for your artichokes. Yeah, that'll make a delicious, a savory e- pizza. Functioning economy. Look at this. Um, Andy, we don't we don't even need you to pick one. We've got an, a, a a mushroom oh no, artichoke getting pizza happening out? over I'm here. I'm getting voted off the island. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 trading over here with a different continent of of flatbread island. Uh, it's a whole different uh, ecosystem over there. I had a uh, corn on pizza the other day, and it was really fucking good. That's not my pick. I just thought it was neat. Um, Corn's I think, weird. I think I'm gonna go with uh, manchego. The cheese. Wait, cheese was mm-hmm. an option. Yeah, I mean. Like, you can't say, like, Parmesan. I wouldn't say, like, Parmesan is a pizza topping. But, like, a specialty cheese is definitely a pizza topping that costs extra. Mm. Are you talking about um, mozzarella? That's the, that's sure, the cheese yeah. that normally goes on the pizza. Yeah, whatever. Well, Manchego is also is a, is, is, is a, I think so. Sounds like a cheese. Yeah, Manchego fucking rules. Get some Manchego on a pizza sometime. It fucking slaps. It's good shit. That's Andy's pizza tip. 
It's a new segment, Andy's Pizza Tip. Try Manchego <laughs> was, on the next pizza you get. Was this whole bit to launch Andy's new segment, Pizza, pizza Tips? tips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listeners, if you're listening to this episode, I want you to write down on a piece of paper what topping you would have in my society, and then uh, turn the piece of paper into a paper plane and throw it out the window when you're driving on the highway, and it will get to me, and I'll read it. You can trust you can trust Andy and their pizza tips. Because they apparently consistently have erotic dreams about pizza economies in the post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. This was a nothing weird says bit. expertise like that. This was a great bit. It was. It was very. Uh, it was singular. <laughs> <laughs> That's the meanest thing you've ever fucking said to me. No. Oh. That wasn't mean. That was the meanest compliment I've ever gotten in my entire life. That was so good. Oh, we it was absolutely worth it. Just for that. I'm glad you thought it was so funny. I can't imagine we'll do a repeat of that bit. No, like, it is. Singular. I mean, we'll see if I have any other weird pizza dreams. <laughs> I mean, let us know if you do. Yeah. I'm just, I'm yeah. just curious at yeah. this point. That's a Patreon exclusive. We just dive deep <laughs> just into Andy the Andy describes pizza dream their universe. dreams. That would be unbearable. To, like, have you ever heard somebody <laughs> try to describe their dream? That I, they just thought was cool? I just did. I just did. Hearing about someone else's dream is like looking at someone else's pictures from vacation. Unless you're in it, or unless people are getting naked, you don't want to fucking hear about it. I like your caveat. I like your nudity caveat. Uh, that was a quote from uh, Dennis in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. But it's true. It I is, live by that motto. True. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, weird bit, and it's a weird show that we're doing this time. It, the doing... bit was not weird. It was singular. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. We gonna we gonna talk about the show now. We're gonna talk about the show. Let's yeah. talk about this show. All right, for this uh, this episode of Andy Pendy, we started crashing. There are only six episodes, so we watched two. So we're gonna cover this in three parts. And crashing is the story of a small group of like not quite friends, like roommates who live together in an abandoned hospital. And one of them has been hired as, like, the caretaker of this hospital. Remember in the movie The Shining how the dude, um, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's character is hired to just live in this building while it's uninhabited to make sure that, like, the pipes don't burst and, you know, the roof doesn't cave in. This is presumably what this one person has been hired to do, and he gets to live there really cheap, which is important because, uh, like, the rent in London is crazy, much as it is in any other big city. So he's living at this hospital. I don't know if it's actually the dude or his girlfriend who's the official caretaker of this hospital, but uh, they're 
living there on the cheap, 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 very cheap with uh, a handful of other people who are also, you know, not making a lot of money and need a really, really cheap place to live. Um, in the first episode, the, uh, the girlfriend whose name is Kate, the fiance, uh, whose name is Kate, who's kind of famously very uptight, um, throws a party that she's not technically allowed to throw in this hospital for their sort of friend, mostly roommate, Sam, who is kind of a disaster person. He's like a jock type and he's like really rude to women and makes a lot of sexual comments. Um, We learn that his father has just passed away and perhaps this like weird behavior he's doing is, uh, him toxic masculinely being unable to deal with his grief. So, uh, Kate throws a party at this hospital for, uh, roommate Sam, who has recently lost his father and, uh, all of the inhabitants of the hospital are present at this party along with several of their friends and some other characters and some coworkers and stuff who are all introduced. And, um, Anthony, Kate's fiance, has a friend named Lulu who turns up on a bus to surprise him. Uh, and she's quirky and has a ukulele. And uh, she and Anthony have a, a long history of friendship and are very close. Uh, there's a little bit where it's sort of unclear to the audience if one or both of them has feelings for the other one. Uh, and ultimately Lulu ends up taking a spare room in the, the hospital because she kind of just showed up in London with like no plans to just surprise her old friend. She's, you know, quirky and free spirited. So she didn't have a job or living situation or anything lined up. So, uh, in addition to the sort of motley crew of roommates, Lulu lives in this hospital with them now. Uh, some of the highlights of this party is, uh, like I said, this weird thing with uh, Anthony and Lulu where they have a friend conversation and it's kind of unclear if they might be emotionally entangled. Um, Sam, the friend who's just lost his dad and whose party it is and who is in a weird place emotionally, uh gets paired up with another roommate, Fred, on, like, a scavenger hunt. And Sam sort of... He was hoping to, like, meet a hot woman to dump his feelings on at this party. But um, he... Sam imprints on Fred like a duckling and, like, is just really attached to Fred now because he has emotional needs. And then... um uh, Melody, who is a young French woman who's an art teacher and who's also living at the hospital, meets uh, one of Kate's co-workers, Colin, who is in the middle of a divorce. And for some reason, Melody is like kind of obsessed with him. And he's like, she's just like way too much for him. And he's kind of an awkward middle-aged guy. And she's like aggressively pursuing him sexually. Uh, episode two, 
Lou lives in the hospital now, but she needs a job. So, um, Kate, uh, like hires her to fill a receptionist position at her job. And, uh, Lulu is like kind of naive. She's got a little bit of like the manic pixie dream girl thing going on. Uh, and like, like I mentioned, Kate is kind of famously uptight. Um, and Kate starts to get sort of insecure about, uh, like Lulu spending time with her fiance and starting to get kind of self-conscious about like not being cool enough or interesting enough. Cause Lulu is this weirdo. Um, so she spends a while trying to like prevent <clears throat> Lulu and Anthony from hanging out and trying to insert herself into situations where, uh, Lulu and Anthony would otherwise be hanging out and she winds up in this kind of like spiral of resentment where she's like, she is responsible for Lulu getting hired. And now she's like, Oh crap. Well, I can't just continue to work with this woman because she's sort of reflecting back on me, my own insecurities about my relationship. And this is making me uncomfortable in my workplace. So she starts saying mean things to try to get Lulu fired, but it does not work. Um, meanwhile, uh, Sam, still obsessed with Fred, still just really attached to Fred because Fred's the only one around who will like spend time with him and he's dealing with this thing with his father dying. So he, Sam convinces Fred to play hooky from work, like, like right in the middle of the day when Fred was like clearly in the middle of something big and important for his job. And Sam acts like they're just like, bro, he's hanging out and this is a relaxation day. And, um, surprise, surprise, they wind up at like the ceremony where Sam's family is scattering Sam's father's ashes. And Fred is very uncomfortable, but also feels sort of obligated to try to give Sam some kind of emotional support. So that's where we are. And then they cuddled. They, yeah, they do. They do, in fact, cuddle. It's we'll, very we'll nice. Get, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's all of it. We watched two episodes, the first two episodes of Crashing. And, you know, I got to ask you. Hey, Andy. Hi, Ronald. These two episodes crashing. Are they working? Did they, did they work for you? Uh, I really like Phoebe Walter Bridge, but Phoebe, 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 Phoebe. Phoebe. <laughs> I really liked Phoebe Walter. I like Phoebe Walter Bridge. Uh, I don't think these episodes worked for me very well, though. They're fine, though. It's it's okay. Famously committal answer yeah. from Andy. A characteristically committal answer. Hey, I don't Evan. think they're working, but it's fine. <laughs> yes, Ronnie. These uh, two episodes of Crashing, uh, did they work for you? Uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm intrigued enough that I want to keep watching, and uh, there's enough in there that's kind of like, you know chortle worthy and relatable that I want to keep watching. So I'm going to say yes. Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, hey, Ronnie. hey, 
Hey, yeah. Did. Peace. Three. No. Two. two. <laughs> Episodes. Of. Crashing. Poop. <laughs> Crashing. Poop. In. Your. Brain. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to roll with it. Yeah, you did great. I've you. never been more in love with you than right now. Way to play along. Way to play in the space. Um, um, this this show it's working. I think these two episodes worked. I enjoyed it. Oh well, no, it I fun. look like a jackass. No, you don't. No, you don't. You have to stop thinking. That. I hate going first. I never I know, know what to say. It's not. You can have your own opinions about things, babe. No, I can't. No, I want to fit in. Um, I, it is working for me. It is a comedy, so surprise, it's working for me. Uh, but it is working for me. I, I, I like Phoebe Waller Bridge. I like Fleabag. This, this uh, has like the, you know, underpinnings. Definitely the the early feels of flea bag a little bit um mm-hmm. big flea bag energy yeah and, and i've only seen oh, sorry go ahead. i was gonna say it, it it you know it's early yet but it certainly does not go as far as flea bag does very early so like maybe that could be some of the 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 hesitation on it yeah i um i was i've only seen the first few episodes of flea bag i enjoyed them i just haven't got around to like continuing to watch the show uh, but this does sort of feel like a proto flea bag. Like she was experimenting with some of these characters and some some comedy bits. Uh, it's definitely not as flea bag is simultaneously both more hilarious, like more outrageous and more depressing. So far, this is like a little bit more restrained and a little bit more like traditional comedy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ukulele is like straight up just lifted out of the mid 2000s, like quirky, mm-hmm. quirky girl character. And uh, this feels like it's playing with more traditional tropes than Fleabag does. Like mm-hmm. this, this jackass character is just like, a later 2000s Barney Stinson, whatever his name is. Mm. Yeah. From How I Met Your Mother. Like, he's just, like, sexually harassing people and just, like, a pervert and, like, really aggressive about it. And he's just kind of a dick and everyone keeps him around. And, like, like Evan said, like, there might be layers underneath that, but, like, in these first two episodes, like, what a, what a, just, (laughs) he sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I do have a good surprise surprise. I have a I have a good thing to say. I was uh expecting that character with when he came right out of the gate with like the weird sexual propositions and like touching his junk in front of the female roommates. I was like, "Oh no, it's this character." You know, this same character. But I was pleasantly surprised that when rebuffed by a bunch of women he just turned this weird energy on the dude in his life at that moment who was willing to pay attention to him and to me this does more towards examining that type of person i feel like the show is clearly signaling that like this behavior is like attention seeking behavior for his weird emotional repression and 
he's he's doing weird things like cuddling with this dude and like convince he's he's still being an asshole but it turned very quickly from like misogyny into just sort of regular not even regular what i'm saying is it's clear that it's attention seeking behavior for this dude and that says something about like characters who are otherwise just like garbage misogynist characters it's not like treating his misogyny as funny it's treating it as like a weird personality defect that he has Does that make sense um yeah that makes sense he, he he's he's i don't want to say he's a complicated character um we also have only seen you know 40 minutes of him and like you know he has not been on screen every second so not even that much Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's if he's just like a like the the archetype of dude, like you said, dude gets rebuffed by women, dude uh, decides to be mean to dude, but then dude also gets in touch with feelings. Like if he's just like a truncated version of that, um, I don't know. It's a comedy. Like weirder things have happened. Um, but I I don't I don't dislike. Sam and Fred's relationship. Mm-hmm. I do think it's. Uh, I do think it goes a long way towards making the character uh, tolerable, in spite of being a a truly a true douchebag, a mm-hmm. truly inconsiderate douchebag. That um, you know, he uh wants to watch a rom com with his brand new friend, even though that will prevent his friend from going to work. And he wants mm-hmm. to cuddle in bed with his new friend, uh, even though he teased him for being gay earlier. Mm-hmm. Y- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, it's, and this is not like a, a perfect um, get out of jail free card. Um, but you, you talk about like Barney Stinson in how I met your mother, like Barney is by the show and by all of the peripheral, like, media of the show treated like a like you want to be this guy everybody likes this guy he's great when like really he's pretty like terrible but like he does he is successful with women and the show is like oh look at the the, the show made like six books of like barney isms for you know when you're real a real cool guy real tough man cool guy type um this like when you're a real man's man like when you're Neil a real Patrick man's Harris. man <laughs> i mean that's the only like that's the only joke there and it's a very very mm-hmm. meta joke um mm-hmm. but but this guy does not like does not appear to like be a character that i think even the show wants you to emulate like the, the, this yeah. this Everyone pretty much thinks this guy sucks. He has not been successful in any of these endeavors that he's been like approaching so far. Um, The only thing that he's been successful at is like kind of making a pseudo friend with Fred, who at first seems like he's getting uh, bullied. But like by the second episode, it really seems like Fred has like some agency or at least they're trying to give him more agency in the situation. Mm -hmm. 
you know, your mileage may vary, vary on that, but it, 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 he certainly is not read as like the coolest guy who everyone wants to be and women yeah. want him, men want to be him. Like that's, that's not the guy here, despite him being that like persona. Yeah. He's extremely pitiful. And yeah. I mean that, like, not in a critical way, but I mean, he is a pitiable character because, uh, like, he just, it just seems like his life kind of sucks. Like, yeah. he, his dad just died. He's living in a hospital. He's a dick to women, and the women respond as you would expect. And he's found one guy who's willing to, like, hang out with him. Mm-hmm. And now he's just clinging to this one guy for dear life for somebody to, like, give him emotional support. I like the powerful French woman, (laughs) and I want her to put lipstick on me and paint me. Melody. She's great. Her, Her weird obsession with this very old divorced man is strange, but she, she is incredibly powerful, and I'm here for her. She is very Yeah, she's... She's a lot of fun to watch. She she might be my favorite character. Her uh, her obsession with Colin is a little bit weird. Uh, it's you know, it's a little bit like stalkery. Like were this behavior from a man? Oh yeah, it would be it would be inappropriate. You know, it would make me uncomfortable. But they do. I will give them credit. the The show does make it clear that like. Colin is making his own decisions a large portion of the time. Yeah, like, he ends up in situations where he's around her sort of by accident, but, um, like, he he then does agree to see her again, like, willingly. You know, like, he turns up at the hospital with a suitcase, and then she sees him turn around and change his mind in the driveway, and then she goes out and, like, chases him around. (laughs) So, like... He's making some of his own decisions and kind of putting himself in some of these situations. And that's not like excusing her behavior, but it's clear that like she, she doesn't have the power to physically like force him to do things that he doesn't want to do. So it's a, a, you know, it ends up more entertaining because of that. Uh, He also seems to be into the makeup thing. Like when he comes over for the party for some reason, uh, Melody decides to like lock herself in the bathroom with him and like put makeup on him. And he's like sort of visibly uncomfortable, like while she's doing it and they're having a conversation, but then he turns and looks at himself in the mirror and he's like clearly into it. Uh, And then he leaves the makeup on for the rest of the night. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Colin clearly has a lot of complicated feelings about his divorce and him living with his wife and her new boyfriend <laughs> because he doesn't have any uh, anywhere else to live at the moment. I, I, yeah, despite, um, Sam, despite his like nonsense and even Kate, like Kate is, is the, uh, tightly wound house mother, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that is, that is well played out here. Like it is, it is extreme. She is very, very anal as they continue to say over and over again in the episode. Um, mm-hmm. despite that, like I do find these characters pretty likable. Um, there's, it's, 
you know, I think it in in the flea bag vein and in, you know, you mentioned earlier show Andy uh, always sunny. Um, this kind of has that kind of trapping of just like these real ragamuffin folks just all kind of thrown together in a situation where like they wouldn't have chosen it, but like, you know, they're doing what they got to do. That has like the recipe for it to be like real unlikable people. Um, that, that really comes to light in Fleabag. Um, but I don't know. Everyone here is, is I, I, you know, I'm enjoying the time we're spending with them. Um, even if it's just the dynamics they're having with each other. The love triangle is exhausting. And yeah. Kate is like, yeah. clearly like, can't handle this and is like lying a bunch. Yeah. And getting caught in it. She's like lying poorly and like getting caught in it. And like, people are like letting her do that. Mm-hmm. And it's so exhausting when the like clear solution is like, have a conversation with your fiance. Oh, I was gonna say have a threesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> or you could the just ultimate talk conversation. To your fiance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One, the most intimate conversation. <laughs> one, with have your a, body. Have a very vulnerable and honest conversation with your partner. And two, maybe you both fuck her. I like. I don't know if Phoebe's into that, but like. I don't think she's not not into it. And, uh, yeah, like, like, just, just experiment a little bit. Like, get weird, get, get wet and wacky. Um, you're like fun, quirky people who live in a hospital. Have a three way. It's fine. I mean, all of the doors do have windows in them. So it's not like anybody has privacy because it is a hospital ward that they're sleeping in. But, um, everyone has that one friend that they wish. Like, maybe, or that they have thought to themselves, like, this could have been a thing before. Like, everyone's got that one person where they're like, this could have been a thing and it wasn't. But, like, this is so exaggerated. It's so over the yeah. top. And, like, Katie is so insecure about it. And Lulu and boyfriend? Fiance? Fiance. They're, they're engaged. Lulu yeah. and fiance, boy, are, like, so in love with each other and it's like y'all just gotta like fuck yeah this out like the three of you and be done with it i was gonna say we keep it going afterwards we've seen before like this trope of oh this couple is so boring don't we all hate this couple because they're boring and in love with each other and boring um, we've seen that in selfie. We saw that in, in mixology and it's like a, a criminal misunderstanding of relationships and how like, no, that's, that's like, it's fine. Like that's, that's boring for some people is exactly seems what rad as hell. That treasure hunt looked so fun. Yeah. She did so much work. Um, uh, I think her greatest flaw is clearly her insecurity. Like that's yeah. what, you know, right. that's what would make it hard for me to be in a relationship with her but the the uh you know kind of controlling organizational behavior is what right. she's constantly being razzed for um what i like is that 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 is subverting that trope a little bit where like she does have that insecurity and is like mm-hmm. acting on that insecurity and lying and like 
mismanaging this person at her job, but also uh, Phoebe and gosh, I got to look up this this character's name because I thought I had it, but I don't. I think it's pronounced Phoebe. No, <laughs> I'm talking about the other guy, Anthony, Anthony, um, Anthony uh, and Lulu. Like they like you said, clearly chemistry and clearly crossing a lot of boundaries that mm-hmm. whether Kate has established them or not. Anthony knows her boundaries and like so that's not cool um my problem is is that in the middle of that Anthony is just like so incredibly milk toast um and lying like in a way that's like like they said like uh he he verbally said uh thinking about sex with Lulu would make my penis go inside my body which is just like a strange I mean it's just weird, especially considering that you've already established within the lore of the show that you are in love with this person. Like, it's fine to lie and like a character can lie, but there's no like he just it, it just seems like he's like saying the right thing. And that's and that's fine. And he's there's just no no stakes for him. There's nothing that he's doing wrong in this situation because he's just like sitting back and being super perfect fiance guy. And and it's just kind of boring in his. We respect. also we know a lot about Kate and we know a lot about Lulu where we really don't know anything about Anthony yeah. other than that, like Kate and Lulu are both into him and he's into both of them. Mm-hmm. So him him lying when his fiance did open up and be vulnerable about like, hey, I'm insecure about this relationship you have with her. And it's like leading me to act out of character. Can you like talk to me about this? And he just fucking lies and mm-hmm. is like, yeah, I would never sleep with her when like, like you said, Ronnie, the show has established. He's soups well, totes. Like the show has established uh, that uke. He wants a, that uke. He's established it. But it also at that point, it makes us go like, well, who's he lying to? But he doesn't do either in such a way where it's like interesting or committal. I mean, he, yeah. he, he, he mm-hmm. seems like it seems like he's certainly more in love with Lulu than he's letting on to Kate. But it's just like there's there's no drama there. There's not like he's not being poised as like the shitty guy who's like just telling the women everything they want to hear. He's just like, no, I, I love you. I don't love her. And it's 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 just yeah, we don't know enough about him to like make an assessment and. He is like the linchpin of this big main character thing. And and that's a shame because I don't really care about him very yeah. much. I, my, my my biggest negative was going to be that uh, Anthony is the most uninteresting character mm-hmm. of the whole crew. And I actually, I mean, y'all may disagree with me here. I think Kate is the second least interesting character and Lulu is the third least interesting character. <laughs> so, like, the three main characters are the people I care about. Now, that's not to say that any of them are, like, really bad. None yeah. of them are, like, terrible characters who get on my nerves. I just think of this large group of people, uh, they're the ones that I'm kind of least interested to know more about. Right. Um, I think we- I'm most interested to know more about Fred. And then second, most interested to know more about Melody, like what's her deal. Right. Um, But maybe, maybe part of the mystique 
of them being side characters and only seeing glimpses into their lives is what's keeping them interesting. So yes. we'll yeah. see. Yeah. I really think that it, Anthony is just like this boring linchpin that is like holding back Lulu and, and Kate from like actually like showing off their true character. Though I do agree that Kate is probably there's probably, we, we've probably seen all there is of Kate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it gets much deeper. Um, Excellent joke in the scavenger hunt. They had to like pull down these letters and put them up on the wall. And what they had was W a blank blank I N G room. And Sam, Sam without missing a beat goes, why wanking room? How does she know about my wanking room? And Fred goes waiting room. And he's like, Oh, okay. Just the, the the timing on that joke was very just like I believed that like in this fiction that there was a wanking room that everyone knew about. And then Fred, who like gets to play audience surrogate to some degree, um, just kind of steps in and goes, I, it probably means waiting room. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was just a very grounding experience and made me feel like even in that moment, like a affection for Fred who up until that point had been played as fairly like, you know, just a, a foil to uh, to Sam at that point. Yeah, there were quite a number of little chortles mm-hmm. that I got in this. Now, uh, I don't like the sort of like classic, uh, like romantic comedy thing where a character lies a lot and then awkwardly gets caught in the lie and awkwardly has to keep making the lie bigger and bigger. That makes me uncomfortable. And that a little bit of that did happen in episode two, but it wasn't like, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too secondhand embarrassing embarrassment. E so it was like tolerable because Lulu was just like, so good natured about the whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. Kate was clearly like lying and lying and lying and lying to no end. And Lulu was just like, oh, yeah, weird, weird coincidence. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, Stakes are very low, like through the whole yeah. thing. That is and that is something that I like about comedies in general. Um, it could, It's probably the thing that people dislike about comedy or dislike about this kind of comedy. Is it just like the stakes are low? It's not incredibly stressful. Um, it, it's, you know. You're not you're not worried about that kind of like secondhand embarrassment like you're talking about, Evan, of like, oh, like she's she got caught and now there's going to be a big conflict. Um, maybe it's because I am conflict avoidant, uh, but that mm-hmm. stuff always like kind of squirms a little bit. Um, yeah. And like having this, which just like is, you know, is it working for me? Yes. But like as like candy as like television candy, not as like yeah. something that is a heavy duty, like, Oh, this is a thing that I'll watch over and over again. Yeah. I think my favorite bit, like the bit that gave me the, the most of a chuckle was um, melody chasing Colin around <laughs> the, the empty gravel lot out beside the hospital, hurting him. Like he was a velociraptor. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the camera is situated like, inside her bedroom window because she has been watching Colin sort of like uncertainly approach the she she asked him to move in with her because he's living with his ex-wife and her boyfriend and she's obsessed with him for some reason um 
So he turns up, like, at the lot next to the hospital, and she spots him out there with his suitcase, and he walks up to the front door, and then he kind of, like, turns around and walks back, and she runs outside, and, like, the camera (laughs) remains in her bedroom window, and she's, like, chasing, soundlessly chasing him around the gravel lot as he, like, trundles his, uh, his rolly suitcase along behind him. It's very good. It's very funny. I'm trying to think if I have any more, like, critique of this show. I don't have a lot. Like you said, Ronnie, the stakes are pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, the the conflicts are fairly inconsequential. It's just these people kind of there's a there's a fair bit that's like relatable about it. Like I don't live in a, a major city and never have, but even in like my neck of the woods, like within an hour and a half commute of DC, like property values are kind of insane. Mm-hmm. So uh the you know, sort of broke millennials living in a hospital so they don't have to pay rent thing like feels relatable that is kind of the the dream of like i wish i could live in like a really cool weird building with a bunch of my attractive friends and we would all have sexual tension with each other and we would trade pizza toppings Uh, the I, I guess want. I like privacy, but uh, no, I'm I'm with you, as, Andy. Yeah, it's Big. like the uh, the X Mansion. I just need a door that locks that doesn't have a window in it. Yeah, I mean, true. I didn't say hospital. I said weird old building. So ours can be a a, a castle or something, or a, a fort, decommissioned. There's such a weird line in episode two that like the motivation of of the characters kind of hinges on where the one character tells um, Kate, one one of the characters that works with Kate um, asks if if Lulu and Anthony have ever had sex and Kate is like relieved to say like, oh, no, never. And she's like, oh, you know what that means. And and the, the character, uh, Jessica, the character's name is, says, everyone fucks everyone eventually. Which is just such a, like, like, the characters multiple times say, like, that's just not, that's just not true. As if to say, like, morally, like, I just don't think that's true. But, like. Just like semantically, it's not true. Like there's a much and I'm not like arguing like, oh, that that that, you know, metaphorically. But like there's a much better way to say that of just like, yeah, if if they have feelings for each other and they didn't get it out of the way or they like the odds that they want to do it more now are, are increasing. And it's just like there's there's just a better way to say that that doesn't create this like weird motivation for all these characters that just doesn't logically make any sense at all. Yeah. I mean, I think it is meant to be, it's, it's meant to be a funny line, right? It's like, right. we, we know what she was kind of trying to say when she said that about like this specific situation, you know, mm-hmm. like she was clearly implying like, Oh, well, you know, it'd be one thing if they uh, dated and broke up and now they know 
that like that's never going to work but because they're still in each other's lives and they haven't had sex like they they might still feel like they they right. should somewhere deep down. That's what she's trying to say, but what it comes out as is everyone fucks everyone eventually. Right. It, I don't and, and like I understand it's a metaphor. I understand what they were going for. For some reason, it's just stuck in my crawl. For some reason, that really was just like, what are you talking about? What are you saying right now? Sounds <laughs> think, sound insane. I I I imagine that that's why. It's funny, like that's yeah. why they include because no, like no, that's not true, and everybody knows that's not true, and that's why two separate characters go, but that's not that's not true at all, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was just a weird thing. Um, mm-hmm. I like Sam and Fred. I like them. I think Sam's mm-hmm. a dick, and Fred is 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 a is a perfect perfect boy who needs to be protected at all costs but i i just i, I like that i like that relationship mm-hmm. do you have any other thoughts nope time for bed <laughs> <laughs> a quick one a nice a nice easy one back in here after our, our big 150 um i i will stay i will say that like we're doing this uh, where it's some places say it's a mini series, some say it's a it's a one season show. Um, yeah, I I had settled on it before, like I had seen it referred to as a mini series sure. anywhere. So I was like, ah, I well, mm, it might I guess technically be a don't don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, I I read that um this was actually based on oh, creepy someone's walking through the cemetery across the street from my house with nothing but like a red light. Mm, something oh, so, like that. So creepy. So creepy. Um, I read uh, somewhere that this was based on a series of plays that Phoebe Wallerbridge had written. Um, so that like leans even more credence to maybe the mini seriousness of it all. Um, but that notwithstanding, um, I, I, I think that's an interesting point to bring up uh, as just like, you know, things that were written as plays and things that are written for the television are vastly different. Um, mm-hmm. I could see some of these characters who are grading on TV be like the, your suspension of reality, get a little bit more disbelief if it was in the theater. Um, mm-hmm. so take that for what it's, for what it's worth. You know, some of it is like classic British comedy theater stuff going on that is being adapted for the, for the, for the screen. So, um, yeah, this is definitely a different, like, does it work angle for us to yeah. examine? Like, yeah. uh, even, you know, whether it's a mini series or not. Right. Um, next time we're going to watch, uh, episodes three and four, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Unless nothing happens, in which case maybe we'll just <laughs> watch the whole thing because these episodes are kind of kind of uh, wispy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it, it, you know, we had mentioned on episode one fifty uh, that we are standing with um, the IATSE, uh strike. Um, if if uh, that vote comes down and a strike happens and a, an official boycott is called for, we will be taking a break from this and doing something else. Um, but at this point, 
there's, you know, we do not want to boycott a, a service and take away bargaining power from that union. Um, so that's that's why we're keeping on with the streaming services. But we are we are still standing with that union and we will make plans accordingly if need be. Just wanted to say that because we made us think about it last time. Um, mm hmm. Mm hmm. And also, fuck Dave Chappelle. Um, yeah, fuck Dave and, Chappelle. And Ted Sarandos. You're not in our, in our intro anymore, and you never will be. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at PendingPod, and check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash WTM Radio. Uh, new content up there. Uh, speaking of um, ukulele players who try way too hard... Uh, there's a video up there of me playing <laughs> ukulele uh, <laughs> because I because I just can't help but also uh, try too hard. Um, that's uh, that's available for our Patreon subscribers. Um, and uh, there's there's bonus content there coming soon, presumably from from a, a fun episode we we recorded all together for fan fiction is good actually. Um, that'll be that'll be coming soon. Um, and there's uh uh gonna be eventually some force friends rewatch content up there um eventually I'm, I'm, I'm saying without having any approval of the hosts of that show yeah eventually uh, sure <laughs> my host is very hard to get a hold of yeah the poor, that poor boy um that's it andy how do we end these episodes um Give money to trans people. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have to be us, but um, give money to some trans people. Wouldn't, give money. Wouldn't hurt if it was trans people. It was trans people on this show. There are trans people who need money more than we do, honestly. So yes, give us money, but give money to trans people who need it for whatever reason they may need it for, so that they can buy pizza toppings. Yeah. It, I mean, the apocalypse is definitely coming. They're going to need uh, whatever economic support they can get in the new pizza-based system. Mm -hmm. Wild, wild, wild <laughs> world your head is in at all times, Andy. Yeah. Where they may, radio.